0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a candidate for the circuit court judge for Prince George's County, Rhonda A. Wood, Esquire. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank
0: you very much. I'm actually surprised that this came together so quick because when when we met, we were both, were you you attending the pop-up shop, like the office opening?
1: I was attending the pop-up shop and you were such a gentleman you held the door open for me and when you held the door open I turned around and thanked you that's when I introduced myself and you introduced yourself and there you go that started our friendship.
0: I know right really quick really simple. (laughs) How's everything going?
1: Everything is going super excellent the campaign is going very well Um, listening to what other people tell me when I'm tired, I keep going, I keep going and I keep going. That's what we do.
0: So let me ask, because this is a, I've never that when you told me you were running for judge, that was the, you're the first person that I ever met who was going for that position. So what does campaigning entail for that position?
1: So here's how it works. And I'm going to say it as plainly and easily as I can. Okay. Um, The judges have to be elected by the people. So what ends up happening is the governor can choose someone, he can appoint someone, but they are not officially on the bench until the citizens of Prince George's County and the residents have voted them in. They still have to go through the general election. So in the past, um, you know, there's just been a change, a change of what's going on now. In the past, many people did not challenge the election. They just let whoever the governor chose, they just let it go through. But in the past five or six years, um, there's been a lot of opposition to the governor's choice and people have been running. And maybe they didn't come come your way, but there's judges that did campaign within the past five or six years.
0: Is that change a good thing?
1: It is a good thing, you know, to be quite honest, because more African-Americans have gotten on the bench. And to be quite honest, more African-American females. So it actually is a good thing because um, some of us would have been overlooked. So it actually is a good thing.
0: Now, what made you decide to run for judge?
1: I have been practicing law now for almost 30 years. At the very beginning of my career, my very first job was a law clerk underneath the judge back where my hometown in New Jersey. And I just always wanted to wear that robe. And I just always had my eye on that tiger. And, you know, sometimes you get people that are driven, you just never stop trying, never stop trying, never stop trying. So I did um, do a series of interviews. And if you read my pamphlets and things of that sort, my brochures, it's called, um, not only my experience, but I'm also considered quote vetted. Vetted means that I went through a series of interviews and discussions and and everything else with actually our judicial nominating committee. And I was chosen on two occasions back in 2019 and 2021 to have my name sent up to the governor to be chosen and to be selected. Obviously he chose somebody else and that's why I'm running now. Um, I'm at the point now where I'm ready to reach my goal. I'm experienced. I, I experience more than everybody else that's in this candidacy that's on this list, and and I'm ready. I'm 55 years old. I've been serving the citizens of community. I'm I'm sorry of Prince George's County for almost 30 years, and now I'm ready to take my seat that I think I have truthfully earned.
0: You mentioned that you you've, you're the most experienced candidate. Hmm? Why is that important?
1: Oh, it's extremely important. And let me explain to you why. The circuit court does the heavy duty lifting, okay? In Upper Marlboro, this is where we have the high-collar crimes, where we have the murders, the homicide, the rapes, the robberies, the robbery with a deadly weapon. In addition to that, it's the divorces. It's the custody where you're deciding the fate of the children. It is um, dividing property. It is everything that is important in that circuit court. It is the civil cases. It's cases against municipalities. It's cases against the school board. It's cases that involve millions of dollars, okay? So being in private practice, That's what I do all day, every day. I'm involved with the cases of the homicide, the rapes, the murders, the divorces, the custody, the adoptions, the family, the important things that you have to have that experience and you have to see how this courthouse runs and how it operates with that knowledge to be able to pass fate upon someone and be able to render a good,
0: solid decision. So it's extremely important. I just want to back up really quick because you started out in New Jersey. Yes. I
1: was born and raised in New Jersey, a small town called Voorhees, New Jersey. And I got married back in 1994. And I've been living here since 19. I either got married in 93 or 94. God, time flew. But, um, but I've been living here now since 19. I lived here in 1993. And um, since that point in time, I have four beautiful children. I live in the county, obviously, for the past almost 30 years. My children all live in the county. They've all matriculated through this public school system. They're still in school. My youngest is only 15. And I, you know, Prince George's County is definitely home to my children. They were born and raised here. They are Prince Georgians. As far as myself, when I moved here, everyone welcomed me into Prince George's County in Bowie, Maryland. And I've been here ever since and I'm completely happy with all my friends, my professional affiliations and everyone that I've met
0: here. And that's why I work hard for my county. How did you end up coming to Maryland? Cause I'm, I said I'm really interested.
1: I got married and my husband was actually in the military and he was stationed at the Pentagon. And so we came down to live here. He worked at the Pentagon and I remained in private practice when I first came down here. Um, unfortunately, he was a victim to the 911 tragedy. He was at the Pentagon at the time. Um, he did he did survive and he was fine. He helped a lot okay. of people in there. God bless the military and all the veterans. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, the marriage didn't survive. We subsequently divorced. So I've been a single mom now here in Prince George's County for for four children for gosh, almost the past like 25 years. But everyone's doing well.
0: Okay. You mentioned that you you set you settle you set roots in PG County. How important is that to be to consider you would be a judge in the same county you live in?
1: It's very important because you're representing the people and you have to be in this jurisdiction to know the needs of the people. And, you know, unfortunately, this campaign is getting a little um. Uh, let's just say there's there's literature being put out. Some of it's untrue, some of it's misleading, and so it's it's forcing me to you know also you know come out and tell. There's there's other people that are on this candidacy list that have not been a resident of Prince George's County for more than two years, and so I urge people to make sure they do their research because it's the candidate that doesn't say it is the one that's not. <laughs> is that fair?
0: Mm, that's very fair.
1: Because everyone else on that list, there's five of us. And all of us live here in Prince George's County and longstanding residents of Prince George's County, Maryland.
0: Oh, so you you have to actually be a resident of, of the county to be a judge? Yes. Yes. I didn't know that.
1: So what they do sometimes is people will actually move into this county for a short span just so that they can get chosen. And... Unfortunately, that happens, but we cannot take it away from the people who owned it here in Prince George's
0: County, Maryland. Hmm. You mentioned that you've you've established your roots here. So you've you've done excellent work in the community. So I want you to talk about more things that you've done within the community. Well,
1: I have been a member of the Prince George's County Bar Association since I started practicing law back in December 16th of 1993. Okay, so if you read up, you will see I'm the only candidate, and I'm going to say that has all this, and, do you hear me, the and, okay? (laughs) I'm a member of the Maryland State Bar Association. I am also a member of the Prince George's County Bar Association for the past, like I said, almost 25 plus years, okay? I am the only person on the candidate list that sits on the executive board. I'm the only candidate on the list that sits on the board of directors. In addition to that, I am co-chair of the family law division in Prince George's County, Maryland. I am co-chair of the mock trial that takes place here in Prince George's County with our high school students and making sure that they understand the practice of law. I am also a member of the J. Franklin Bourne Bar Association and the Women's Committee thereof, and I'm the only candidate that's a member of all this. I'm saying and collectively, okay. Um, in terms of also helping out with the community, through my volunteer and all of my activities, I do the lupus walk, okay? Because in my, one of my women's groups, we have a woman who is does suffer from lupus, so we do the lupus walk. We make I'm break, break, um, active with the breast cancer awareness. We knit blankets, take them to the hospital for all the survivors of breast cancer. In addition to that, a very, very, very important program, is the expungement events that take place in Prince George's County, Maryland. The expungement events take place through Prince George's County Bar Association and sometimes through the state's attorney's office under our Madam State's Attorney, Miss Brave Boy. We attend those. We give free services, free expungement services to the African-American community that unfortunately has something in that background that keeps them from getting a good job. We volunteer our time on Saturdays, sometimes up to five hours, you know, whatever it takes to get them done so that everyone in the community can get a job. I also volunteer at the local churches on Raw Day. I give free pro bono services I meet with people for free. At most of the time I do the Mount Nebo church and I also on 301 and recently we did um Reed Temple. And you know, I mean I'm out there helping my helping the residents of Prince George's County. When I get people that come into my office and they tell me and they really cannot afford legal services, yes, I do, I do pro bono work because you know it's whatever it takes. When you sign up to be an attorney you sign up to help the people. And sometimes it's whatever it takes. That's what we do.
0: Hmm. I'm glad that you said that because you sign up to help the community. Do you think, unfortunately, a lot of people have forgotten that that's the main priority of being a lawyer?
1: Unfortunately, um, because let me tell you, I've been practicing, like I said, almost 30 years. My hourly rate, and I hated to even increase it, okay? But my hourly rate is $300 per hour. I am seeing people walking around that courthouse that are fresh out of law school charging $350 per hour Hmm. for representation. And they haven't earned that rate. You have to earn it. It's the experience that allows you to charge more. But what these people are charging now, I mean, you have some attorneys, even in Annapolis, they're, they're charging $400 an hour, $500 an hour. The people of Prince George's County, they cannot afford that. So, you know, what I try and do is I, I tell my clients, I want you to get through this divorce and I want your children to go to college. I want your children to be educated. I don't want all your money. I want your children to be successful. So let's pick a reasonable amount, what you can do, what I can do, and let's get this done. And it it feels better in my spirit, feels better in my heart.
0: I want to go. I want to touch on that a little bit because you 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 talked about divorce, and unfortunately, you said you went through a divorce. So, mm-hmm. because because you have personal experience, does that actually help you with the case?
1: Um, yes, because let me tell you, I'm a very good divorce attorney, and most of my friend, most of my clients have become my friends, and I think with them being able to see a strong black woman who has gone through it, and I'm a okay and I have children too, I think it allows them to see that they will be A-okay. I get a lot, mostly women, that come in and they just they just feel stuck, you know? They're not stuck. I tell them, you're not stuck. Life will go on. It's a chapter that has to close, and hopefully your next chapter will be better. But, you know, some of these marriages, you you can't stay for the children, okay? You can't stay through abuse. You can't stay just by just being treated badly. I mean, I remember I had this one client, she came to see me every year, every year, come to see me, she wants a divorce. She was so miserable. Finally, she came, she would never come back. Finally, she came like five, six years later. And um, and she said, Rhonda, that's it, I'm ready to file. And I said to her, what happened? You know what she said to me? She looked at me and she said, he spit on me and I'm done. He spit on her. And, you know, and I tell people all the time, this is my philosophy. They, people always are like, when do I know? When will I be ready? When do I know it's time to give in? It will hit you like a brick on your head when you've had enough. And there will be no
0: doubt that you're ready to move forward. One, we, we haven't had a chance to talk a lot, but in a mm-hmm. few times we've talked, one thing that I've gathered is you love your people. So is that a big contributing factor to why you're running in PG County?
1: Um I'm running for many reasons, okay? I'm running because I believe that I have the experience and I think that I will be an asset to the circuit court. I'm running because um I'm running because my experience with family law. We really do not have uh the the governor has chosen a lot of um Judges from the prosecutor's office. So we need more that have been in private practice, especially exposure to family law. Number three, why I'm running this really is because um, here's my philosophy. Here's my platform. Okay. When people come before you, whether it be a criminal case, whether it be a juvenile case, whether it be a divorce case, but especially the criminal cases. Okay. Some of these people, you need to be compassionate and listen to their story. I see people thrown in jail every day, incarcerated, and we need a judge that's compassionate enough to listen to what they have to say, um, how they're brought up, how they're raised, their environment in which they live, um, mental illness, bipolar illness. All this plays a factor. And... You know, I read the news too and I hear the news and you know, it is a concern with, with with locking everyone up and throwing away the key. This is like the military. No man left behind. If there's a program to help these people, then the judges, the prosecutors, everybody needs to get on board with these pro- with these with these programs. Because incarcerating especially 70% of the black population, black males on a regular basis is not the answer. Mm -hmm. Now we do have back on track programs, which is a program to help the incarcerated people after they get out of incarceration. Okay. But we need to have some more programs that can help them before they go in. Because like I said, sometimes it's mental illness. Sometimes it's They suffer from the loss of a loved one. Sometimes they themselves suffer from from um, from abuse, and it just goes on and on and on. But someone's got to listen. Someone's going to have to be compassionate. And you know, with the criminal cases, this is the one thing I, I really have to say because people say all the time, "What are we going to do?" There's so much crime in Prince George's County, and my thing is start listening. these people. Start listening to the suspects and the defendants and the people that are charged with these crimes. Because if you don't listen, they feel like they have no voice. They feel like they're going to do whatever they want until they just get caught. And you can't let it be that way because if you're not going to take the time to listen to them, okay, then they have no hope. They have no hope and you can't take away people's hope because if you take away people's hope, you know what it leads to? It leads to absolute more anger. And the more angry the community gets, the more not listened to they are, the more angry, the more hostility, you know what that leads to? More crime, more crime which is more of our regular citizens getting carjacked when they're going to the grocery store. That's more of our citizens that are being held at gunpoint as they walk with their young one across the street. This has got to be addressed, and people need to listen and figure out a way to get help for everyone, because incarceration every five minutes is not the answer.
0: You, One of the first things you mentioned was the judge likes to appoint prosecutors is the governor I'm sorry the governor likes to appoint prosecutors as judges why is that something that we should be alarmed about
1: you know it's not to be alarmed okay because our prosecutor's office is solid they do a wonderful job okay but my point is you need the diversity on the bench everyone can't do the same thing and focus on the same thing and that's all they know there's a lot of things going through that circuit court. It's not just criminal cases. Like I said, you have civil cases, you have divorce cases, you have custody cases, you have immigration cases, you have you have everything going through that courthouse. So that's the problem. It's the diversity.
0: You also talked about mental health. Um, do you feel there's enough programs in place to help with issues like that?
1: Um, no, to be quite frank. But I will say this, there's more programs that are being developed. And I think with that said, I think we all at this point recognize that there really does need to be more facilities and more attention paid to mental health and illness. And I think with that said, a lot more programs and a lot more facilities and a lot
0: more help is actually being constructed right now. If you and were to think be, that's wonderful. If you were to mm. be elected, is that something you could actually help? Like put programs in place?
1: Yes, because it's being aware of the programs. And like I said, aware of the programs. When the case comes before me and you have, I'll just say the prosecutor arguing um, they should go to jail for 10 years. And I have a defense attorney who's telling me Hey, you know, Miss Wood, there's this program, and he's fit for this program. And we would be in tune with this program and we would know what the program entails and what it needs, and we'd be able to make a decision between, hey, let's let's attempt to get this person in this program. So, yes. But remember though, you know, sometimes you get a defense attorney and they might not be aware of the program. And that's why everyone needs to work together.
0: Hmm. Wow. Now that's interesting, a defense uh-huh. attorney not knowing wow
1: well you know it happens because again especially in private practice um things change all day every day new programs come out all day every day you know and just like you have good attorneys you know if you get an attorney just like if you get a judge and they don't care okay then they're not fighting for you and that's why everyone needs to know what's out there who's out there and who to go to hmm
0: when you you've done, you've done some campaigning and you've got a chance to talk to a lot of people. And I even mentioned um, that you were the first person that I've ever met that's running for judge. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think enough people know what the judge do, what the role of a judge is? No,
1: a lot of people do not know. Um, Some are not interested. Um, And I also think, unfortunately, you know, the judges keep a low profile. And I think, you know, I always thought that the judges should have more exposure to the people, that people need to know what the judges do. Uh, I'm not saying they need to go every day, but I think that public appearances and judges speaking to the public would be
0: helpful for the public. I really do. Hmm. Because you think it would, it, would, it would make them more relatable, you think? or
1: More relatable. And they need to know who we are and we need to know who they are. If if you have it as a judge, I mean, you know, sometimes you do want to mix and mingle with the people because you want to have a one-on-one conversation to see what the issues are, what the problems are. You can't live in your own sheltered world like I want to know. You know, I want to know things that might need to be changed or something that's happening here or something that's happening there. We need to know.
0: Let's say you do get elected, will do you will you be will you continue to be active in the community? Yes, definitely.
1: And definitely more with my um, my J. Franklin Bourne Bar Association. That's our minor- Minority Bar Association and the Women's Committee. And I plan on remaining very active with the Prince George's County Bar Association, as well as um, Maryland State Bar Association. Yes, I love it. This is our job. This is our duty. If, you, if you're not active, if you're not involved, then you can't really be a, a good judge.
0: Why is because you mentioned the bar, why is that so important to remain so hands on with that with them?
1: You know, let me just say this. like I told you, there's five people on the list, right? Right mm-hmm. There's three that are not part of the bar association at all. They don't give back at all. They're not doing the expungements. They're not doing pro bono. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. And I think that you need to be active with your bar association. As a judge, you represent the people and the bar association does a lot. Like I said, all these expungement events, all the events when we're meeting people have been practicing law and now we're celebrating 125 years of the Maryland State Bar. You can't just live in your own world and just take your cases and just just go on. You've got to be active. You've got to
0: care. Let's talk more about that expungement. First of all, I don't know if people... I want you to define what expungement is because I want to make sure everybody knows exactly what that is.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. There's
1: a lot of individuals or residents of Prince George's County where they may have a petty theft on their record. They might have an assault. It may be against a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or just somebody on the street. There's um, basically every crime is just about expungible except um, DUIs and DWIs. Okay. So what happens is again, you're back to asking me about attorneys. A lot of attorneys, you know, they're charging $500, $1,000 to do an expungement. And a lot of folks in this area, they can't afford it. So they keep that on their record and they keep it on their record for years. And they get passed down from a lot of jobs, okay, because they have this one thing on their record and they don't know how to go about getting it off. Okay. So Number 1, I want the people to know, if you actually go over to the courthouse, over to the district court or over to the circuit court, they have forms to give you over the counter where you can fill out your own expungement papers and it's only a $30 fee. Mm. $30 and they don't know about it and it's a shame and then you have attorneys like i said like us we volunteer to do it for free we do all the paperwork for them which literally you could do within 30 minutes okay and then tell them go over to the courthouse and pay their fee it is extremely important because that one blemish on their record keeps them from getting that managerial spot and it's a shame they don't know where to go and so, you know, the Bar Association, again, along with the state's attorney's office, they help direct people. They, they help show them. And let me tell you, the last expungement I went to down in Forest Heights, that line was around the whole community center building. Wow. <laughs> it was probably about 300 people in line that needed help, and they stayed all day and helped them. That's a commitment to what we signed up for. Wow. Yes. And that was just one event. The one at Reed Temple, I think we had about probably maybe 80 people run through, 80 to 100. But when we do, we had one one year at the um, uh, the sports and learning complex. And again, it was probably, we were there all morning. And again, it was probably a good 200, 250 that we helped.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. How, how long is the process?
1: It's just filling out paperwork. That's what I'm trying to say. You're just filling out paperwork. You have your case number and we fill it out, fill out the pa- pa- and fill it out and tell them what they need to fill out. It, it takes a half an hour each case and they go walk it over to the courthouse the next day and pay their filing fee of $30. And then about anywhere from six weeks later to four months later, you'll get a piece of paper in the mail that says your your, your request for budget has been granted. And it has been expunged here, expunged in Baltimore, expunged through the records, expunged through here. And they're clean. Wow. Yes, it's wonderful. And the same thing now, which you have to realize, too, you know, um, I do domestic violence as well. And it's the same thing. If you have a protective order against you that has been dismissed, it's not called expungement. It's called shielding okay but that shows on your criminal history when they do that background check it'll mm-hmm. show like a bad credit score okay so uh-huh. they shield it so that no one can see if you've ever been accused okay of a protective order because these employers they do not play if you have a man who has a protective order on his record they're not going to hire someone who has the compensity. you know for um for either you know, anger, hostility um, to hurt you, intimidate you. They don't, they don't do that. So if you have something on your record that has fallen off or been dismissed, again, they need, need to shield that record because employers see that and they're like, they don't want you there.
0: Wow. I want to address something that I'm sure you know. I mean, being a Black woman, so you're, you're a woman and you're Black, so basically you're a double minority. Mm-hmm. So does that give you does that give you extra motivation to be an inspiration to those coming behind you?
1: Yes. And um, I think it's more important to me that my children see me as a strong Black woman. My children got to see me go through a divorce and rise above it. My children get to see me practice in law. My children get to see me out here campaigning. My children will be stronger because I am. And along with, I have four children which means their friends are seeing their friends and their friends and so on and so on. Remember that commercial? <laughs> you might be too young, but anyway. <laughs> but And they love seeing a strong black woman. And you know, I'll tell you too, in the circuit court for Prince George's County, Maryland, we have 24 judges, 13 are African-American women. Okay.
0: That's so similar. we are
1: doing it. Yes, okay. that's excellent. But I think we need to make it 14. Okay. (laughs) let's make it 14 and then it'll be more excellent. Is that fair? (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Now, you've been practicing law for almost 30 years. So that means you've seen a lot and you've experienced a lot. So what, what gives you the strength to just keep going and keep pushing through?
1: You know, I'll be honest, I never realized how hard it was until COVID when the world stopped and I got to think about how much I do every day. And I was like, oh my goodness, I was just rolling. But what gives me the strength is the satisfaction. It's the satisfaction at the end of the day, James, to see, um, you know, I have clients now that, you know, I divorced their parents when they were, you know, five years old, eight years old. I get to see these kids go to college you know, I go up sometimes when I do the mock trial, right? I went to a basketball game at that Bowie High School. A little boy comes up to my car and he says, thank you. you. You helped me live with my dad. Thank you. Cause his mom was a crackhead, you know? Mm. It's it's the satisfaction. It's the women, it's the women that I see. I see my clients. I had a client up in Baltimore. She calls me and she says, Rhonda, I want to thank you so much. She got through that divorce. And she said, I listened to you. And I said, oh my God, what was the advice? What did I say? She opened up her own business, her own nursing consulting business. She said, I'm making better money. I'm raising my daughter. I'm home with her every day. It's the success stories. That's that's what drives me. It's the success stories. It's it's the thank you. It's the knowing that I did the right thing. And it's it's the knowing that my parents taught me to do the right thing, you know? And that's what I'm doing.
0: Have you had a chance to envision yourself winning the um, judge seat? Oh, yeah, I am. I'm telling you, with my experience, I'm,
1: I'm envisioning myself sitting there. I'm envisioning myself in the blue robe. Um, I'm feeling good. I am envisioning my celebratory party, which you're going to be invited to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I I am. I, I can see it. I can see it come to fruition. I can see it coming over the hill. Um, like I said, I you know, I urge people to do their own research and they will see what I'm saying. I'm sitting there with the 29 years experience. The candidate under me, underneath me is 24 years, okay, but a very little community service, if any, okay. The candidate that has the 20 years, again, not even a member of the Bar Association. And then there's two others that have about 10 years, 11 years, maybe. I mean, they have one third of my experience. And you know, just like when you go to a job, James, when you go to a job, you get hired because you have the experience. So let's bring the experience to the circuit court for Prince George's County, Maryland. Because let me tell you what happens, okay? Let me tell you what happens. If we end up with a judge that has little experience, we are like other counties, okay? The Maryland State Bar Association will look at our counties and we don't want them thinking Prince George's is a mess. You know, we need the experience. We need to get things done. We need to keep our reputation because the bad reputation throughout the black community, okay, throughout the African-American bench, it affects all of us. It makes me look bad too. You know, we've got to get the experience and we can do this. We have some good judges sitting on that bench that have some some excellent um, rulings and some excellent remarks and excellent guidance. And let's keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep the excellence and the experience where it belongs on the circuit court in Upper
0: Marlboro, Maryland. When is the election? We didn't even address that.
1: (laughs) I know I have so much to say, right? So the election through all the redistricting, the election, the primary day is July 19th. I believe the early voting starts from July 7th through the 19th. It just came out today. I can't remember. But the actual primary day is July 19th. And let me explain to you why the primary is so important. This year, there's only one opening on that circuit court bench, which means there's only one name that's going to the general election in November. So if you do not vote in July, you can't get through to November. So you have to vote. Now, you know, the judges are on both both sides. We're on the Republican ballot and we're also on the Democrat ballot because we're supposed to be fair and impartial. Okay, so they don't want to know what part of your affiliation is. Okay. So you'll have one name on the Republican ballot, one name on the uh, Democratic ballot, and then the people vote in the general election. So it is possible that, you know, someone's name can go on both the Republican and the Democrat side. I don't know if it's ever happened before, but it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, so, you know, that's what we're striving for. But if not, hopefully my name will be on that ballot and I will be in that general election.
0: You've done some amazing things. You've accomplished a lot. as it you? You you were able to you were able to survive a divorce, and now you're looking forward to being a judge. So I want to get you out of here with one question that's going to be different, but I I need an answer from you.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: What is the what book have you read that has had the most impact on your life?
1: It's probably going to be the Michelle Obama book. And I put actually some of her quotes were on my was on my website. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I love to see how how she did it, you know. I mean, and you know, we think about what she says all the time. When they go, when they go low, we go higher. We just keep striving for more, you know. We we base it on the education, we can do this, we can do this. She is also a wonderful role model for her children. And um, and that's what I, I look to. And you know let me, let me just say this too. You know um, I had a brother that passed away about five years ago and five years ago. Oh my God. If you had asked me about my brother, I wouldn't even be able to speak or able to talk, (laughs) you know, but you get better and you move above it. And you think to yourself, like, you know, God could have chosen me to be the one that had congestive heart failure. And he didn't, he chose me to be happy and healthy and keep living and taking care of these kids and to keep striving I believe I'm here for a purpose. And I think that purpose is making that difference on that bench. And that's what I plan to do.
0: I want to take the time to thank you for doing the podcast. Um, It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And I'm glad I bumped into you that day because it's really been a joy talking with you. It is an
1: absolute joy speaking with you as well. I hope you keep in touch.
0: Definitely. But before we end it, please tell the people how they can follow you, how they can get more in tune with you and help you get, get this seat?
1: I'm going to tell them all to call you. <laughs> 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 but my my email address is elect wood at gmail.com. And I'm also on Facebook. It says the same thing. I think it's Ronda Wood Campaign it might come under elect ronderwood also but it's it should be under ronderwood campaign on facebook and i'm also on instagram it's going to say the same thing it's going to say ronderwood campaign or elect ronderwood on instagram my social media person takes care of that i don't know the handles as you guys call it and hashtags okay <laughs> but i'm there i post every day every other day you can see me going into the community meeting the people i am proud to tell you james i actually met um Another Rhonda Wood mm. who's going to be joining me. I'm, I'm giving an event uh, Friday tomorrow at Carolina Kitchen in Hyattsville. That's going to be a super event. And the other Rhonda Wood is coming. And I've also found out there's a Rhonda Wood judge, I believe, in either Arkansas or Texas. Wow. So, yes. So there's there's another. It's the name. But, um, but you know, so I urge everyone to follow me on, like I said, on Instagram and on Facebook, come to my events. This particular one tomorrow is free at Carolina Kitchen. It's not a fundraiser. Come meet me, greet me, listen to what I have to say if they want to hear me twice. And, um, and let's get this ball rolling, right? And let's get this vote in. Right. And don't let these people tell you, I don't like to vote, the voting doesn't matter and things of that sort. A lot of people died to give you this right to vote. Okay, so as a as an African American and as a female, we went through a lot to have the the ability to vote. So please vote and please vote for Rhonda Wood. I tell everyone, James, just use a little bit extra energy, everybody. You gotta scroll down to the bottom because it's alphabetical. My last (laughs) name is Wood. (laughs) Just scroll down to the bottom and check that W for me would be absolutely wonderful. Is that wonderful to hear? Yes, okay. And I look forward to it. All right. Well again And you're voting, right, James? Of course.
0: Okay. Okay. I look forward to you wearing your little sticker. All right. I'm, and, I'm, okay. and, and, and for the record, yes, I'll be voting for you. We're going to put it on record. Thank so you very much. Really Thank vote. you very much. And I wish you all the best with the campaign moving forward.
1: I I, I hope so. I hope so. And I'm one, of, I'm one of those people that um I'll continue to give back. I'll continue to give back and I'll continue to be my all and to give my all. So I thank everybody for their support. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Thank you. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with Lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple podcast. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.